I love to talk to gym rats this time of the year. They talk about how frustrating it is to go to the gym because everyone's made their New Year's resolution to get healthy and to eat better and to exercise, and so they all go to the gym. But my friends tell me that by Valentine's Day, February 14th, the gym has cleared back out and they get their space back. <laughs> and I think that's so funny because we all do that. When it comes to the new year, we make New Year's resolutions about uh, health, diet, exercise. It, it may be some issues like I want to spend more time with God. I want to have a better quiet time. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to study more. It could be that we have little sin issues in our lives where we say, you know what, it's a new year, it's a new chapter, I'm not going to do that anymore. And we have all these great intentions, but they don't translate into actual change. And so what I want to talk to you about in this video is barriers to change. Why do we make resolutions? Why do we want to change and yet we don't? And so what I'm going to do in this is I'm going to basically start uh, with something very, very basic, something pretty surface, and then I'm going to go deeper with each one of these. And by the end, we're going to be in some pretty deep stuff. Okay, so let me see if I can help you understand why is it that you don't make lasting changes in your life. So think about these things. It might apply to you. It might not apply to you. But here's some things for you to think about. Number one is simply this, time management issues. Time management issues. Here's what Jesus says in Matthew 6.33. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you as well. In other words, Jesus says, I want to be everything to you. I want to be your life. I want to be your priority list. And once I'm your priority list, then what I will do is I will work in every part of your life and I will help you uh, make the changes and do the things that you need to do. But you need to make me your priority list. What we do often is we'll make a list and we'll say, okay, my priorities, God's one, uh, my wife's two, my kids are three, church is four, uh, my job is five, entertainment's six, and we'll, we'll go down the list. But that's not what God wants. God doesn't want to be first on the list. God wants to be the list. He wants to be the list. He wants to be God in your marriage, God in your parenting, God in your church, God in your work, God in your entertainment. And so we've got to change our focus away from God's number one, and I'm going to do all these things to God is everything. God is in everything. He is doing everything. And so my one solo focus is my relationship with God, and He will sort out everything else for me. So let's talk about this just for a minute. We have important things and urgent things. Urgent things are things like uh, the toilet overflows, an emergency phone call, um, things that just pop up every day that we have to take care of. A lot of those work-related. And then there are important things. Important things are like my, my private time with God, a date with my wife, my kids' activities, things that are very important, but urgent things scream at me important things don't scream at me. And so I can go weeks without taking my wife out on a date and she's probably not going to scream at me. I can go weeks without my quiet time with God and God's not going to scream at me. And my kids are going to go, you know what, that's okay, Dad. And they're going to go and do something else. The important things don't scream. The urgent things, they scream. They absolutely scream all the time. And so what we have to do is we have to calendar in the important 
so that the urgent can't push them out of the way. Let me give you an example uh, from my life yesterday. Uh, I had an early morning group followed by meetings all morning, and so I had calendar in an important uh, appointment with the Lord at 1 o'clock for my quiet time. I was going to spend some time with the Lord. I'm working through Hebrews right now in my personal quiet time. Well, it's like 12.50, uh, and I am on uh, line at Bank of America paying my bills, and I notice a $65 um, charge from a debit card that isn't my debit card on my account. So I end up calling Bank of America. I was on the phone with them for an hour and a half trying to solve that problem. And we got the problem solved. It was fraudulent, and we dealt with all that. But what happened? The urgent crowded out the important. So guess what? I ended up not having that time in Hebrews yesterday that I so desperately wanted. And so I got up early this morning and got that taken care of, right? I had the important. I had the urgent. Sometimes what happens to us is if we don't calendar in the important, it just goes away. How many times have I talked to you in these videos about the first thing you need to do in your day is time in the Word, is time prayer, right? Because once everything gets started in the day, what happened to me yesterday? Once the day got started, I wasn't able to have it because the urgent crowded out the important. So. When, when my wife and I, when our kids were home, we would meet every Sunday night and I would calendar in all the kids' activities, all of things that Alice and I needed to do together. I would calendar in my quiet time and then those were set in stone and then all the urgents fit around it. Now, sometimes urgent things come up like fraud in your account where you can't help it. The urgent just screams at you and you have to take care of it. But for the most part, what you want to do is you, is you want to calendar in the important things and just not let the urgent take those out. So let's get this back to uh, what we're talking about with New Year's resolution. Maybe your New Year's resolution is I'm going to work out three times a week. Okay, calendar it in, put it in at a time, and don't, don't let the urgent crowd that out. Do it at 5 a.m., do it at 5 p.m., do it at noon, whenever, but don't let the urgent crowd that out. Calendar it in and make sure that's your priority. You want to have a daily quiet time this year? That's on your, your to-do list. That's what you want to do. That's your New Year's resolution. Then calendar that in. Physically, get on your phone, calendar in time with the Lord every morning, 6 to 7. Nobody's going to get, nobody's going to get that time. Don't let the urgent crowd out the important. So that's number one. Number two is this. We simply don't want to change. Sometimes we talk about changes, but we really don't want to change at all. Now this one, and I'm just going to go ahead and warn you here, I'm going to kind of hit you upside the head here, and I'm not trying to make you feel guilty or shame you, but I just want to be gut level honest with you, okay? And I'm going to go to Matthew chapter 21 uh, and read to you a, a parable of Jesus and then talk about this whole idea of sometimes I set New Year's resolutions that my heart isn't into, that I don't really buy into, and that's why I don't keep them, okay? Listen to this. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. But the son answered, No, I won't go. But later on, he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, You go. And the son said, Yes, sir, I will go. But he didn't go. Which of the two sons was obeying his father? And of course, he goes on to answer and say the first one. Because when it comes to the kingdom of God and really everything in life, 
You know what matters? Actions. Talk is cheap. We can say anything. We can say, oh yeah, I want to change my life. Yeah, I want to change this habit. Yeah, I want to do that. Talk is cheap. I've learned in 35 years of ministry, I don't pay too much attention to what people are saying to me. I watch their actions and see if their actions back up their words. And if their actions back up their words, then I really pay attention. If they don't, I'm watching their actions to really determine what they are and who they are in life. It's the actions, not the words. So, simple illustration. I've been married for 37 years. My wife, uh, I can tell her every morning, sweetheart, I love you. I love you with all my heart. You're the most important girl in the world to me. But when she tries to talk to me, I don't listen to her. I tune her out. I never serve her. I don't try to find out what makes her happy or brings her joy. I'm completely selfish with my decisions and don't consider her in my decisions. If that's the case, do you think she really believes me when I tell her I love her? Of course she doesn't. Because she's going to make her decision about whether or not I love her by my actions, not just my words. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. Don't be a son that says, of course I love you, Jesus. Of course, I'll, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. And then just live your life any way you want to live it. He said, actions speak louder than words. So give me your words, I love you, Jesus, and then act it out and show me by your love. Now, how does this apply to New Year's resolutions? I want you to think about things in your life that maybe this year you go, you know what, I just want to change that. Maybe... Maybe you tell uh, too many lies. Maybe you just, you just tell little white lies all the time. You, you really want to get rid of that. Or maybe you have a temper. Or maybe you're really a jealous person. Or maybe you're struggling with lust and pornography. And you're like, you know what? I'm tired of doing that. I want to be a man or a woman of God. That's what I want to be. So this year, I'm done. Well, question, why can't you just be done? And the answer is sometimes... We are getting something out of that little sin that we're not ready to give up because we're getting more pleasure out of that sin and we're willing to break God's heart because we're getting something we need out of that little sin. And we're just not in love with the change we want to make. So we're willing to say, Jesus, I love you, but hang on to that sin. Let me give you an example. People, somebody with an anger problem. And they're just angry, and they have a temper. And here's what they tell me. Well, that's just who I am. I'm just a passionate man. But reality is, he's in love with that anger. Because anger puts him in control. And when he lashes out at his wife, when he lashes out at his kids, when he lashes out at his employees or employer, and they back down, and he gets to stay in control and he gets to dominate people and push people into a corner so that he can stay in control, he's getting something out of that that's worth the sin to him. Because if you take his anger away, what does he have to learn to do? Listen and communicate and compromise and give up control and submit and surrender and all sorts of things that he doesn't want to do. So his anger gives him something he needs to feel like he's in control. Think about lying. Why do you lie? I'll tell you exactly why you lie. You lie because you want to avoid the pain of telling the truth. 
because those little lies that you tell along the way, you're telling people what they want to hear so you don't have to deal with the conflict that would come with actually being honest. So you're getting something out of that that in some way makes you feel better. And so you say, I really don't want to change those things, but you're getting something out of it that makes it to where you don't really want to change those things. You want to be son number two. Oh, I love you, Jesus, but I'm still going to keep these little secret sins over here. I'm still going to lust and be involved in pornography. I'm still going to lie. I'm still going to have this jealous streak in me. Why? Because you're getting something out of it. You're not in love with the changes you want to make. Now, I know that's a pretty harsh reality, but here's one of the things I want you to do this year. Do yourself a favor. Sit down and look at those little sins that you keep hanging on to year after year, that every year in January you say, I'm not going to do that anymore, and every year in February you're still doing it. And ask yourself the question, gut level honest, what am I getting out of this sin that gives me enough pleasure or control that I keep doing it? Answer that question for yourself. That's a hard one. I know that's hard. That's number two. That leads us to number three which is so, so important, and that is we have a tendency to self-sabotage. We have a tendency to self-sabotage. This one is very difficult. I can't talk about it in detail uh, and give you everything you need to know, but in future videos over the next few weeks uh, when we get back into uh, our basic training manual, I'm going to talk about this more in detail. Okay, But let's talk about this for a minute. Proverbs 23.7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so he becomes. I become what I believe about myself. You know what we call that? Self-fulfilling prophecy. I have these core beliefs in me that I believe so strongly, and that is who I become. I become what I believe about myself. And in fact, spiritual warfare is what God says about me versus what Satan says about me. And I have these beliefs, and most of these beliefs come from when I was a child. And, and many of those beliefs come from things your father said to you or your mother said to you or maybe a coach or a teacher or a peer or an older sibling. But those, those messages come and they sink into your heart and they, they go from your mind, that's where the thoughts reside, to your heart subconsciously where these beliefs reside. But these subconscious beliefs uh, set up who, who I think I am, my identity, right? Remember the guy that is angry and he just says, well, that's just who I am. I'm just a passionate guy. That belief then dictates my actions. And part of the reason I can't make changes is because my beliefs are so strong and I have this tendency subconsciously to prove myself right. And so I try to make a change and I can't make the change because, because my beliefs won't allow me to. And I can love Jesus with all my heart and still struggle with those changes because my beliefs hold me back. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, we're transformed by the what? Renewing of my mind. So in other words, in order to change the fruit of my life, the actions, those, those, uh, those New Year's resolutions that I want to make, in order to do that, what I have to do is I have to transform my mind. I have to renew it. I have to take those beliefs out, learn what they are, learn how they've kept me in bondage, and then replace them with truth of the Word of God and truth about what Jesus says about me and my identity and my beliefs. 
and then replacing the belief, the roots in my life, then I'm able to change the fruit. If I just keep picking at fruit, but I don't change the root of who I am, my beliefs, what am I going to continue to grow in my life? That same bad fruit that I'm trying to get rid of in 2022. And so that's what happens in this. Now, you know the difference between a thermometer and a thermostat, right? A thermometer measures temperature. A thermostat sets temperature. So what happens is, is we all have something called we desire homeostasis. Homeostasis means we just don't like change. For us, normal is how we were raised. As dysfunctional as it might be, that's how we were raised. And we all have a tendency without being transformed by the renewing of our mind, without the Holy Spirit, to just always go back to homeostasis. Just what we know, what makes me feel comfortable. I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. And so what can end up happening is, is I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm trying to make changes, but every time I try to make a change, when I get out of my comfort zone, those beliefs act as a thermostat and say, Brad, you're out of your comfort zone. That's not who you are. Now, this is all going on subconsciously, right? So then I'll self-sabotage the action to pull me back to uh, homeostasis with my belief system. So what do I have to do to make lasting change? I have to change my belief system. What I believe about me. So let me give you a real practical example, and then I'll give you a few deeper things to think about. And then, and then I want you to go, and over the next couple of months, really think about these three things I've talked to you about today. Okay? Simple example. Um, my wife and I were friends um, a, a while back with a woman that had a weight problem. She was, she was struggling with her weight. She was overweight. She was always on a diet. She tried every diet she could try. She would lose 10 pounds and she would gain 12. She would lose 15, she would gain 18. And one time we were talking to her about her internal beliefs because her fruit would not let her, her thermostat wouldn't let her lose weight. Well, her dad, her whole time growing up, called her a fat girl and said, you're a fat girl and you got to get skinny because men don't love fat women. Men love skinny women, so you need to be skinny so a man will love you. Well, if that became her belief system, think about it. Think about this. Number one, I'm a fat girl. Number two, men don't love fat girls. And so what do you think her relationship with men were like? What do you think her weight was like? Every time she tried to lose weight and got out of her thermostat, right, her belief system, and she would lose too much weight and she would begin to slender up and she would begin to look good and she would look at herself, she would say subconsciously, wait a minute, this isn't who I am, identity. This isn't who I am. And she would sabotage her diet and gain her weight back. In the meantime, she was always going out of her way, trying to be accepted by men, and yet doing things that sabotage relationships with men. Why? Because that same belief system, men don't love girls like me. See how that belief system completely derailed her life? But once she could change her belief system, she could change her life. It could be that the reason that you've never been able to truly make the changes in life you've wanted is because you have a subconscious belief, you have, you have a, a thermostat in you that won't let you change. 
here's some of the core beliefs that you that might apply to you and the reasons that you can't make the changes you want to make. Uh, you're not worthy to be loved. You're too lazy to be successful. You're stupid. You're, you're not smart enough to ever amount to anything. You're never going to amount to anything. You are going to be a failure all your life. We hear those things in many different ways from many different people. But if those old tapes, audio tapes that are running around in our head get stuck down in the subconscious, they become a part of our heart. What did the proverb writer said? That's because who I become. That's who I become. And so what I've got to do is I've got to pull it out and go, wait a minute. That's not who I am. That's what Satan has been telling me all these years, but it's not true. Here's what God says about me. And we'll talk about this more in detail in weeks ahead. But here's what I want you to do. I just want you to think through this with me. Take a couple of months and ask yourself the question. I've always set these New Year's resolutions and I've never been able to keep them. Why? Is it simple time management? I, need to, I just need to manage my time and I need to set those things in stone? Maybe it's just a self-discipline issue. Maybe you're not in love with the changes and you just have some things in your life, some habits that you know aren't good for you, but you're receiving pleasure out of them that keeps you from changing. Or it might be that you have an internal subconscious belief that has set a thermostat on you and every time you try to change that belief causes you to self-sabotage. And when you self-sabotage then the change can occur because the roots in your life need to be changed, not the fruit. So spend some time thinking about that. Um, here's what I invite you to do. If, if you think about that and you can't really make any progress and you don't know or you want to talk about that, uh, go to the, my website uh, embarkmen.com. Uh, you can email me on there. And when you email me on there, I would be happy to talk to you about this and help you through this if you need that. And if you want to skip through uh, going to uh, the website, I'm Brad Small at embarkmen.com. Uh, email me and I'd be happy to talk to you about this. This is important stuff because you can make lasting changes. You don't have to self-sabotage anymore. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you uh, for today. Thank you for uh, this message and for what you've taught us about making lasting changes. I pray for every person that's watching this today. Lord, I just pray that, uh, that they will review their lives and figure out why they can't make the changes they want to make. And Lord, that you will equip them and empower them to make the changes they need to make in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching today. And listen, walk in freedom. Deal with this issue and let's get past it so you can make the changes to be the best you you can be. God bless you.